Amen. Be seated. <clears throat> well, good morning. Hope you're doing well this morning. I want to start by asking everybody who is going to summer camp, whether a leader or a student, to please stand right now. Summer camp, please stand. Leader or the... So on the 17th through the 21st, we have students. We have about 25 students and several leaders that are going to Crossroads Camp at Anderson University. We leave 6 a.m. on Sunday morning, the 17th. And I want you to join with me in praying that God would do an, an unbelievable work in our hearts. Okay, I'm just so excited. Anderson University, Anderson, South Carolina. So I want to go ahead and pray for our students and our leaders. And I want you to um, just go ahead and remember to pray for us uh, next week. Lord Jesus, I love you and I thank you for who you are. And I'm asking you to open up our hearts this week to get us ready for next week. Lord, help us to understand, apply, and hear the message that you would want us to hear next week at camp. Be with Clayton and Shari and Jacob and all of the speakers next week where we'll be hearing them and listening to them. And God, I pray that this would not simply be a week of a pep rally for you, but that, God, that there would be radical transformation in our hearts because of what we have seen and what we hear you and what you have empowered us to, to do and to be a part of. And I pray, God, that you would, again, use that this week to help our students not just to be followers, but to be leaders for your cause in our schools, and in our community, for your name's sake. You, you deserve it. Thank you for allowing us to go. Keep us safe as we travel. And Lord, keep our hearts and our ears and our, our, our minds open to the messages you want us to hear and see. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be in prayer for us next week. I, myself, I'll be going as well, the 21st, through, excuse me, the 17th through the 21st. That's Sunday to Thursday. Okay, I have your Bibles, you're going to go to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2, we'll be there in just a minute. But I really have a question for you, and I want to ask you this really quick. Raise your hand if you struggle knowing what God wants you to do at times. Raise your hand if you struggle knowing what God wants you to do. So, so I want you to hold it there for just a minute, okay? Hey, in the back, we got two hands up, Okay. Michael's got two hands up. I'm sorry. Okay, so here's what I do. Just, just look around for a minute. You are in good company. We're in good company. So here's we, here we are right now as disciples who are trying to make disciples to be a disciple, a faithful follower of King Jesus. There are times in our lives, situations that happen that we simply do not know what to do. We're not sure what to do. Do we take the job or not take the job? Somebody comes to us for advice and we're not sure how to give them advice. We're at a crossroads with job, with life. We're not certain what to do. Do we sell the house? Do we not sell the house? Housing markets, I mean, there are so many decisions that are out there that sometimes we can look at and we can we can be really stagnant and not know what to do. And therefore, we don't do anything. 
There's church. There's a church building to build on the corner. The land's paid for. The road widening is done. There's water and sewer. Amen? And there is a church to be built on the corner. What do we do with that corner? There are decisions that are all over. So I'm going to stop and I'm going to ask you one more question. Raise your hand if you believe that the God of the universe has given you and I everything it takes to be able to make and discern those decisions we are faced with. Yes, he has. And Proverbs chapter 2 is a bold declaration that the God of the universe is saying there is godly wisdom and there is earthly wisdom and I want you to pursue godly wisdom. I've got it for you and I want to give it to you. There are so many situations. And so here is what, here's, here's what we learn. It is impossible for us to read the Bible, know the God of the universe who made a, made a way for you and I to have a relationship with him. He made that way. He did that. We didn't do that. He did that. His death, burial, and resurrection demonstrates that he made a way for us to have a relationship with him. And it would be it would be tragic for us to miss that because he did all that, he would not lead us or give us the wisdom that we need in all of these situations. It would be tragic for us to miss that. It would be dangerous for us to miss that. I love what James, the half-brother of Jesus, who really struggled with knowing who Jesus was and his brother, half-brother, was Jesus. He wrote a letter, the book of James, and he wrote this letter, and what he said in the letter is he said this, that if you lack wisdom, then ask, for your father gives it to you, listen to me, generously, without partiality. So here is James, who's writing that if you lack wisdom and you're not sure what to do, then James is saying, what we do individually, collectively, is we call on him. And he says, I'm going to give it to you, but I'm not just going to give it to you a little bit. I'm going to give it to you generously, which is what he did with grace and what he does with grace and what he continues to do with grace. He just continues to shower it down on us. And so how did he do this in the scriptures? Well, Solomon is known as one of the wisest people in the Bible. Solomon wrote a lot of Proverbs, not all of Proverbs, but he wrote a lot of Proverbs. And Solomon um, is, is, it wrote Proverbs, but uh, the Proverbs is one of the wisdom books, one of the wisdom literature. There's Proverbs, there's Ecclesiastes, and there's Job. It's really important to understand wisdom to read all of those. But today we're just going to focus on one chapter in Proverbs to help us to understand the topic of wisdom, the value of wisdom, and maybe some lessons that we can learn about it. Last week, we jumped into a topic in Proverbs. Brian Cross did a fantastic job, one of our lay elders here, and he talked about the fear of the Lord and how important that is to our, our lives, and, and awe, uh, a, a love, a respect for the holy God of the universe. The book of Proverbs really has two main sections. And this is the way that sort of Solomon has laid it out. What Solomon is trying to do is he's trying to get his sons 
or his followers, mostly his sons here, to really grab a hold of the wisdom that's available to, to them. And in chapters 1 through 9, there are like 15 lectures that he gives. In chapters, um, in chapters 10 through 31, there's little statements that they all stand alone. We call them Proverbs. That's very good. You're really good. So one of those, and one of my favorite, is this. Proverbs 28, 13 says, If you confess your sin, if you uncover your sin, let me back up. I'm saying it wrong. Let me back up. If you cover your sin, God will uncover it. If you uncover your sin, repent of it, then God covers it. So it's a warning that if you're going to hide your sin and cover your sin, God is going to reveal that. It's a warning. He's going to expose that in your life. But here's what it also says. I'm generous because if you uncover your sin to me, that's repentance, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to cover it by the blood of my son. And so there's one proverb, and there are many proverbs. And t verses, chapters 10 through 31 have all of these proverbs that stand alone. But chapters 1 through 9 is really a collection of lectures of lesson that Solomon is trying to get his sons, thus followers of God, to hold on to. He's trying to encourage them with the value of, of wisdom, holding on to wisdom, because he understands that what I want you to do is that I don't want you to be enticed and lured and taken down by the wisdom of the world. I want you to hold on to the wisdom that's available to you by the God of the universe. What is the definition of wisdom? The definition of wisdom is this, the skill of applying knowledge. Living well in God's world. That's what Solomon wants and why he wants to write this letter. He wants us to live well in God's world. Knowledge is what is gathered over time through the study of the scriptures. And wisdom takes that knowledge and puts it together in a proper way to where God is glorified and you are blessed with God's presence. It can be said that wisdom, in turn, acts properly upon the knowledge. Wisdom is the fitting application of knowledge. I'll give you an example. This is really easy for all of us to see, no matter what our ages are. Knowledge understands that the light has turned red. Wisdom applies the brakes. There we go. We all can understand that, right? Knowledge sees the quicksand but wisdom walks around it. Now, I have a question for you. That as I was reviewing this at McDonald's with my iced coffee this morning, I had a question. Why in the world would I use the example of quicksand? Because I'm not really sure I've ever seen it. Except for in the movie The Lone Ranger or the show Lone Ranger. I'm going way back right now. But I'm just saying quicksand right, right now. You, you get the picture, the proverbial quicksand. Knowledge sees the danger that's in front of us 
and then wisdom allows us to go around us. Knowledge memorizes the Ten Commandments, and wisdom allows us to obey them, and knowledge learns about God and facts about God, but wisdom obeys God. And so what he's trying to get us to do is understand the value of wisdom through chapters 1 through 9. In the entire summer, we're going to take take topics. We had the fear, of the, the fear of God last week. We have wisdom this week. And each week throughout the rest of the summer, we're going to have different topics that Solomon is addressing, the scriptures address. I love the way James describes the wisdom that comes from above. Okay, this is in James. I think it's James 1.17. I don't have this on the screen for you, but I'm going to read it for you. But the wisdom from above, here it is, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a, listen to this, I love this part, and a harvest of righteousness. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. That's the way James describes what this godly wisdom is. It is pure, peaceable, it's gentle, it's open to reason, it's full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Why? Because it comes from above. There is a a wisdom that comes down here. But there is a wisdom that comes from God, and that's what he's trying to get us to seek. So Proverbs chapter 2, we're now going to the text of the morning. And let's take a look at what this text says. We've got about 12 verses that we're going to go through. And then we have four lessons that I feel like we can learn. Okay, four lessons that we can learn. First, the lesson that I want us to see is this. The wisdom of God is to be wanted from his disciples. The wisdom that is offered by God, is to be wanted by his disciples. We're going to see this in verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. I want you, if you're okay with this, to highlight on your device or circle with a pen, but I want you to circle the word if. There's three times it says that in there. He's writing to his sons. Take a look at this. We'll put it into context. He's writing to followers of Jesus. He is writing to his disciples. This is a message, and he's saying this. My son, if, there's a condition there, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, and yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, If you seek it like silver and search for it as the hidden treasures, the son is urged or the disciple is urged in these four verses to take heart the father's teaching, to treasure it, to memorize it. There is a challenge to posture yourself to not only just hear the words of God, hear these words of wisdom, but to take them, to want them. To apply them. It's a challenge on how we uh, 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 posture ourselves. L- listen, he says, this is what we are to do as followers. 
We are to receive the words. We're to treasure his commands. We're to make our ears attentive. We're to incline our hearts. We are to call out for insight. God, I don't know what in the world you are doing in this situation, and I don't know what to do in this situation. Will you please help me? And then it goes down here and it says, and if you seek it like silver, Solomon knew they would go after the silver, a prized possession of the time. I want you to seek it like silver. I want you to search for it as hidden treasure. It is a law of life that we get what we go after. I'll say it again. There's a law of life that we get what we go after. I'm asking you, and I think Solomon is asking us, what are you going after? What are we going after today? Solomon is saying, you're never going to make sense of this world. You're never going to be able to fight the enemy and the devil if you are not opening up your heart and your ears and your eyes to the wisdom that is available to you by the God of creation. Now, let me tell you this right now. The, the uh, student, excuse me, student ministry has leaders and several of us leaders went to an escape room. And I got to tell you this right now, I came a little bit late to the escape room, but once I got in there, I could not, I, I was overwhelmed by Travis and Leah Gunther. And I'm not quite sure if you know who they are, but I do, and I'll share with you why. They're intense, and they are focused, okay? They are, they, I mean, listen, let me tell you something. There were treasures all over the world. There were clues all over the place. And I'm telling you, they were in a zone. I was like, here's the missing key. You've got to unlock this cabinet. You've got to get this clue. And I, I have to be honest with you, I was pretty, I was like, wow. So when I started reading this this week, you seek it like silver and you search for it as hidden treasures. And I believe God gave me the illustration of Travis and Leah to give a picture of going after something with everything. But here's what I also want you to see. I've been serving with both of them in student ministry. And the passion that the two of them have for students is unrivaled. So it's fun to be able to see, hey, I want you to seek it like silver and search for it like hidden. I'll come home and Dana was like, Wow, you know what? I've never been around Leah very much, but she really is good with the students. I was like, I've been sitting with Travis, and I'm just, hey, I'm a pastor, and I'm just being quiet. He's breaking down the word. And what I'm trying to get us to see here is God is sitting here, and he's saying, if, 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 then incline your heart, incline your ear, open up your heart, Ask questions. Raise your voice. God, I want to know. He hears that cry. And he wants us to go after it with everything that we've got. A couple of things I think I want to ask you is this. God is speaking through Solomon. He's asking the question, do you want this wisdom? And I ask you, do you want the wisdom the world offers or will you position yourself 
Will we position ourselves for the wisdom that is available and that comes from God? It's not a guarantee. It's available. It's not a guarantee. Because what he's saying here is, I need you to want it. Do you want it? Number two, the wisdom of God is his gift to his disciples. The wisdom of God is his gift to his disciples. Look at verse 6, 7, and 8. We'll look at verse 6 first. I, I, am, I am just, I love these, these verses. For the Lord gives wisdom. Okay, so he's asking you, are you looking for it? I need you to know something. He gives it. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Verse 7, don't miss it, circle it, highlight it. He stores up sound wisdom for the ins, for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the ways of saints. I already read this earlier that James says he gives it to us generously, even stores up wisdom. He doesn't want us to be tempted, persuaded, lured, enticed by earthly wisdom. That's not his goal. That's not his desire. The purpose of God's grace in your life is not that you would be free to be anybody you want to be, but that you would be absolutely dependent upon him because in him is everything. The purpose of his grace is to drive us deeper dependent on him. And it says, I don't want you to be led in the wrong direction. And so what I'm going to do is I'm telling you, I'm going to give you by grace this wisdom that you need. So Solomon urges his son to go after this wisdom because it's a gift. I love the two phrases. You can circle that. It's the Lord gives and the Lord stores up. You know, I grew up in New York and Connecticut and then moved to North Carolina in 1990 to go to college. Now, here is the deal. I've been in North Carolina a lot longer than I've been in anywhere else. But for some reason, I always say, well, I'm from Connecticut. But one of the things that makes, makes me still, after being in North Carolina for, I think, 32 years now, laugh and chuckle is when there is a storm. Because us uh, North Carolinians, I will say us North Carolinians, we run to the store, and what do we buy? I mean, bread and milk, and oh my gosh, COVID is happening, and we've got to go get toilet paper. Okay, I remember my brother going, hey, listen, I stocked up on toilet paper. You guys need any? I'm coming into town. Because the shelves are empty. There's nothing there. They're bare. It's gone. But it doesn't matter who is in office. It doesn't matter about inflation or how, how great inflation is. It doesn't matter about politics. It doesn't matter about the family trial. Here is the God of the universe that's saying, I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm storing it up for you. Are you posturing yourself to receive it? To grab a hold of it? Or are you trying to white-knuckle your way through this situation when I want to give you wisdom to help you 
get through it and make sense of all that's come your way. Basically what I'm trying to say, what I think Solomon is saying is, verse 7, he stores up sound wisdom. Verse 6, the Lord gives wisdom. The shelf is never empty. There is not a supply chain issue with the wisdom that the Father gives to you and I in all situations, regardless of the circumstances that we are faced with. Number three, number lesson. The wisdom of God settles an anxious heart. I'm going to read you verse, um, verse 10. For what does this wisdom do? We've postured ourselves. We're asking for it. We know God gives it. He stores it up. And then all of a sudden, verse 10 says, for wisdom will come into your heart. And then what is the result? And knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. I got to ask you a question. Are you an anxious person? I've never been an anxious person. Recently, I'm very anxious. And I'll even tell you right now, it's gotten the best of me. Here's what he says. For wisdom will come to your heart. And what it'll do, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Anxiety is real. But so is godly wisdom. And it's available. And there is no short supply of it. And even though we may not understand the anxiety or the reasons for the anxiety, godly wisdom comes into our life so that we can create a plan to help us in those moments of anxiety. That's what the godly wisdom allows us to do. I'm going to bring someone into your life to help you. I'm going to give you counseling. Maybe there's medication. There's things like that. And what I'm doing right now is I'm in a plan. I've got a plan. And I sat down with this text this week, and I got so encouraged. For wisdom will come to your heart. Will come. Ooh, that's powerful. For wisdom will come to your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Pleasant, a calming assurance that God who began a good work in you will see it through to the day of completion. Godly wisdom is available to those that are in the midst of great anxiety. Godly wisdom is available to all of those that are struggling with whatever makes you anxious. Whether it's new, whether it's old, whether it's ongoing, or whatever the case might be. But also, godly wisdom allows us to see a plan and walk forward. Number four. The wisdom of God gives us victory over evil. <clears throat> Here's what's going on. Let me just say this. I, I'm, 
Okay, here's what Solomon is doing right now. Solomon has, um, he's writing this to encourage his, his sons. Okay, we can apply this to us as followers, men, women, whatever our age is. We can take this and we can learn from it. So here's what's going on. There were crooked business leaders in the world that were not spewing truth. They were not of God. They were not bringing you closer to God. They were not, they were bringing you away, not closer to God. There were crooked men in this generation at this time that were bringing them away. Solomon is writing as a warning. You need this wisdom because there are people that are trying to bring you away from God, not to God. I want you to memorize this. I want you to live it. I want you to apply it. But there was another situation, and please hear me on this. There were two situations that he was addressing in chapter 2. The first were these crooked business leaders that were not of God, and the second was sexual immorality. Specifically, a woman that was trying to draw you away as a man. And Solomon is coming, and he's saying... This is what this godly wisdom has the opportunity to do if you incline your heart, if you turn, if you call out. What will it do? What it does is it provides victory when we, if we posture ourselves. So verse 12 says, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech. I'm actually going to go ahead and read a little bit more. It says in 13, who forsake the paths of uprighteousness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the, pers the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So you will be delivered from the forbidden women, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God for her house sinks down to earth in her pass to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they begin the pass of life. Solomon is giving them a great warning that I want you to follow after the God of the universe. And one of the ways that you can be distracted by this are people with perverse speech and people that bring you away, business leaders, people in your sphere of influence. And also, I want you to be aware of the, the immorality that's available. In tempting situations that are in front of you, whether it be computer, whether it be whatever, whether it be inappropriate chats or whatever the case might be, Solomon is coming to us and saying, this godly wisdom is yours. There is an endless supply of it. I want you to grab a hold of it. Will you do it? And when you do it, what will take place? You'll get free. I believe, from an anxious heart. It'll be a lesson. And it will guard our hearts against sinful conversations and sinful relationships and protect us in many ways against immorality. So I'm going to wrap it up. Here's the conclusion. And there's just really one point. And you learned this point. If you grew up in the church... You learned this point with your kids. When every time you ask your kids, 
what is the purpose of the book of John? Or what is this? And what do they always say? Jesus. Whatever the question is, they answer is Jesus. So I'm asking you the question today, what is the purpose of the message? And you were going to say, Jesus, right. And here's how I'm going to show you. Here's how I'm going to show you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Declares that the wisdom of God is personified in Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 says this. And because of him, you are in Christ, who became to us wisdom from God. Righteousness and sanctification and redemption. The wisdom that Solomon is talking about is found in the perfect work and flesh of Jesus, who is God. So what is the answer for godly wisdom? Seek Jesus. He's the king. We have a relationship with God the Father that's only possible through the sacrifice and work of Jesus on the cross who died, buried, and rose again, and he's coming back. He is wisdom in the flesh. We want godly wisdom. We, get Jesus. we, we, we seek Jesus. Jesus is wisdom personified. Jesus is wisdom in the flesh. Jesus is the culmination of everything Solomon was talking about in regards to wisdom and everything in the book of Proverbs. So that when it's all said and done, we can go back to first grade like we were just a minute ago and we can sit there and we can say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Help me, come on. And lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path, which is one of the most famous Proverbs penned by Solomon. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you're going through. I love you as my church family. There is godly wisdom that is a gift from God. And he stored it up and it's ours. It's represented in Jesus. So today and this week and every day, seek Jesus. He's the way of life. And he is wisdom. Let's pray. Love you guys. Jesus, I love you and I thank you for the privilege of being able to stand up here and to open up your word and to teach about you. You are the embodiment of wisdom. In you there is life. In you there is forgiveness. In you there is redemption. In you there is sanctification. In you there is forgiveness. And in you there is wisdom. And that wisdom is in an abundance, just like your grace. It is grace upon grace. Your grace is greater than our sin. Your wisdom is there for us at the taking so that we may be able to walk as disciples and make other disciples. Lord, it is impossible for us to be and do what you've called us to do. So I pray in Jesus' name that you will help us to do just that. I'm grateful for Solomon's words to us. 
My prayer for us today is that we would incline our hearts, that we would raise our voices, that we would posture ourselves so that we might want your wisdom so that we can make sense and glorify you, make sense of what's going on in our life and make decisions that glorify you and are good for our soul. Love you. Jesus' name.